You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Have you ever thought what happened in a young shepherd boy's life to become a giant slayer? What had to happen? What had to change to be prepared to kill a giant? Have you thought what happened in a, in a woman's life? What changed to save a nation? I'm talking about Esther that appeared before the king. What had to change? What happened in a woman who had the issue of blood? What changed for her to receive new life? A Peter who denied Jesus three times, but yet... God said, upon you I'll build the church. You'll be an apostle. You'll be a great man of God. I'm going to use you to heal the sick, to bring deliverance, to preach the gospel. What, had, what is the thing that, that have to change in you for things to change? What is that force that brings about change in your life? God has given us a promise in Isaiah 60. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. He spoke a prophetic word through Isaiah, and he said, Arise, shine. Stop sitting paralyzed by fear, but get up. My presence is upon you. It says, Deep darkness will cover the people but my glory will be seen upon you. From the beginning, God had planned glory for man. The Bible teaches us in the book of Romans 3 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus Christ came to restore glory back to us. You have to ask yourself, do you really believe that? God has planned glory for us. What is the thing that brought change? In the woman with the issue of blood's life. What is the thing that brought change in Esther's life? What is the thing that brought change in the life of a Peter, a David? It was faith in God. Faith is the thing that brings change into our lives. Faith has the power to reform us, to change us. When we start to believe God's word... It is the power to change us. God is more committed to your good future than what you are yourself. God is so committed to changing your life to be better that he sent Jesus Christ to this earth to come and die for us, to make a way. Because in ourselves, we could not make our lives better. And Christ came to restore glory back to us. Do you know what that means? There's power to change. You don't have to stay and remain the same. Things can change in your life. You have to ask yourself, what are those things I want to change in my life before the end of this year? Do you have a few things you want to change? I have a few things I want to change. And the best way to change is to put your faith in God. And I'm going to show you how you do that. Amen? 
so that permanent change can come into your life. You're not just going to become a better husband, a better pastor, a better father, a better worker. Ask yourself, what kind of a husband do you want to be? What kind of a wife do you want to be? What kind of a worker do you want to be? What kind of a boss do you want to be? And then ask yourself, what needs to change in my life? Are you ready to change? If you want your life to be better, you have to change. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 54. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality, many people say, how am I going to change? I'm just human. Amen. Or people will say, this is me, take it or leave it. If you meet somebody, ladies, listen to me. If you meet somebody and the guy says, this is me, take it or leave it. Leave it. <laughs> if the person is not prepared to change, leave it. <laughs> because they're going to want to change you to be like them. Did you hear what I said? If he says, take it or leave it, leave it. He must be able to say, this is who I am but I'm prepared to change. Amen. Amen. I'm going to work at it to become better. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality, that's you. You're mortal. When you clothe yourself with immortality, Jesus Christ, who is life, His ability that becomes your ability, things can start to change. And when that which is mortal puts on immortality, and what now decays is exchanged for what will never decay, then the scripture will be fulfilled that says, death is swallowed up by a triumphant victory. Christ swallowed up death for us. Christ absorbed the curse for us. Now, poverty can be replaced with God's blessings. The yoke upon you can be replaced by God's deliverance failure can be replaced is swallowed up now by success many disappointments are changed now into godly appointments sickness is now replaced with good health in Christ Jesus can you see the importance to be linked up with God when you as a mere human are clothed with Christ. Galatians 3 verse 13 says, Christ absorbed the curse. But many people live a life under a curse. Do you know what's a real curse? When God's presence is not with you. When God's presence is withdrawn from you. Ichabod, God's presence is not with you. What did God say? I will never leave you nor forsake you. In the book of Isaiah, when the king was given the opportunity to ask a sign, he said, I will not ask a sign. And the prophet said to him, you don't want to ask a sign. I'm going to give you a sign. The sign will be the following thing. A son will be born. And his name will be Emmanuel. 
family. The mere fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth, if you believe that, your future will never be the same. If you believe Jesus came into this world, things are about to change in your life. You know what's the good news? God is more committed to your future than what you are. Jesus came, died, went to heaven, and then he said, a comforter, a helper is going to come to you and be with you to lead you and to guide you and to help you so that you can be successful. Do you know why many people are not successful? Because they want to do it their way, their time, and exclude God. They only come to God when they're in crisis. The disciples, when they said to Jesus, we need help, can you give us that special prayer that things can go better in our lives? Remember they came to him. That would be wisdom while you are with Jesus to ask him, what should I pray? Remember they asked it in Matthew 6? What did he say? He says, number one, pray that your Father in heaven's name will be glorified. Then pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. As it is in heaven, let it be here on earth. What was he saying? He says, pray that the glory that's in heaven will manifest here on earth. What is it when somebody receives deliverance? It's the glory of God that manifests. When somebody gets healed, it's the glory of God that manifests. When somebody receives a breakthrough, it's the glory of God manifesting. When Daniel was in the lion's den facing the lions and the lions did nothing, it was the glory of God manifesting. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace, it was the glory of God manifesting. They said, who is the fourth person in the fiery furnace? He has the appearance of God. The person with the appearance of God that is with you today is the Holy Spirit. He's at work on the inside of you to become more like Jesus, to think more like Jesus, to act more like Jesus. Can you now see why the Bible says in Ephesians, you that are believers, you are already blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. That's the meaning. The king said, no, 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 I'm not going to ask a sign. God said, I will give you a sign. The sign is Emmanuel. Do you believe God is with you? If you believe God is with you, he is committed to your future to help you to see everything that he has promised fulfilled in your life. Many times things don't manifest in our lives because we've not allowed God to change us. Some of you are not ready for your husbands that you've been praying for because all you've been watching is soapies. Let them be like Jesus. Amen? Go to Matthew 15, verse 22. 
In Isaiah 61, verse 7, the Lord said, instead of shame, I'm going to give you honor. It says, where you find yourself, it will be double, double. That's God's commitment to you. You didn't pray and ask for it. God said it before you were born. Instead of shame, your shame, I will turn it into double honor. Amen? What does Isaiah 61 verse 1 says? It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. The Bible teaches us, remember, when we, before we started the service, you said to the person next to you, I can see Jesus in you. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, that hope of glory has been on the inside of you all the time. What God values most about you is beyond human comprehension. In our hearts, we are made to be like Jesus. If you've allowed Jesus to be on the inside of you, whether you like it or not, you're an anointed one. That anointing can destroy any yoke. Can you see the importance to start to walk in the light of your testimony? Of what the Word of God says, who you are. Let me show you here, one woman was in desperate need to change not only her destiny, but her child's destiny. Matthew 15 verse 22. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. For my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then the disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. How would you feel if God called you a dog? It isn't right to take the food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Faith allows you to look past insults disappointments and failures if god has given you a promise look unto jesus the author the finisher the perfecter of our faith do you know what faith allows you to do faith allows you to see what jesus did on the cross faith acts now but faith has the ability to look back and see what happened on the cross that the price was paid in full. That's good news. When you know the price has been paid in full, 
things can start to change in your life. Now, when you even find yourself in the pit, you can say, I know where I belong. When you find yourself in the lion's den and lions breathing at you, you know God will use this. Not just as a disappointment, but this is an appointment so that a whole nation can turn to God. Faith allows you to see beyond your current situation. But faith allows you to see what happened on the cross. So that even when you have a pain in your body, you can say, thank you, Jesus. I know you're my healer. Even when somebody else gets the promotion that you wanted, you can say, thank you, Jesus. I know you're still in control. Can you imagine Job, what he went through? We calculated one time at, at a men's spray, just his livestock was something like 45 million rand that he lost. Go take the time, go take, count the camels and go Google and see what a camel costs today, what a goat costs today. 45 million rand just in livestock. That's without his properties that was destroyed. So he was a very wealthy man that lost everything. But you know what? God restored him back in 18 months. Why? The Bible teaches us he never sinned with his mouth. When his wife said, curse God and die, he said, no. God is in control of my life. I'm going to hold on to my integrity and declare God's faithfulness. Did not allow anything to condemn his heart. What happens when somebody goes through something like that? I wonder what you did wrong. His friends even came to him and accused him. Said there must be something wrong in your life that you're going through this. And Eli, he answered, I think it's in Job 37, he says, listen here. Look up to the heavens and see how high the heavens are. That's where God is. He says, what you do here on earth, the things that you say when you're nasty, when you're ugly, you don't affect God. God loves you. He's not changed his mind about you. When you're nasty and when you're ugly and you do those things, it affects the people around you. And remember, there's a principle in life. What you make happen for other people, God will make those things happen for you. What does it mean? It means, say here, Pastor Thomas offends me, makes me angry. Hmm. Is this now how a pastor behaves? How can he call himself a man of God? And I, pa, 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 pa. I have not been led by the Spirit. I'm led by my bitterness and my offense, and I'm speaking from that treasure. But if I'm led by the Spirit, I'll get heaven's opinion about him. Now, even if he curses me, I can bless him. If he wants to despitefully use me, I can pray for him. But when I'm not led by the Spirit, it's my flesh that will be speaking. And my flesh wouldn't have anything nice to say. 
let's say he was Apostle Paul that was persecuting us. But we didn't know that he was going to be Paul, that he is Saul. Our prayers would be to attack him. Lord, rebuke him. Lord, curse the works of this man. But if we had heaven's revelation that he would become, Saul would become Paul, our prayers would have been, Lord, make haste to perfect your will in his life. Lord, make haste to save him. Lord, let his Damascus experience come sooner than later because we need him to write two-thirds of the New Testament so that the world one day can have revelation about who Christ is. So some of you have been fighting and praying against your boss and your wife. Our problem is not your boss, is not your friend, is not your colleague. Our enemy is sin. And that's how the enemy manipulates us. And when your heart is full of bitterness and anger, you'll change into that more and more. Remember, the thing that you value most is the very thing God will give you over to. And you'll become more like that thing. The thing that you worship is the thing you will become. That's why stubbornness is idolatry. Because you worship your own opinion and value it more than anything. And you make yourself a god. Now it's very quiet. But when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you'll get God's opinion. Sometimes when you want to attack somebody or defile somebody, you are just verbalizing your own bitterness that's in your heart. And you don't change because you remain bitter. But when you are led by the Holy Spirit, and now I'm offended with him, the Holy Spirit will say to me, remember, as Jesus has forgiven you, Bernard, forgive him. And as soon as I forgive, condemnation will go. But as I keep that bitterness in my heart, that offense in my heart, I view everything through the offense. Now I cannot change. Now I'm becoming more bitter. Bitterness breeds bitterness. Now suddenly when I sit here, I say, huh, why are you sitting, Jeff, why are you sitting behind this guy? Do you know who this guy is? Now I'm, I'm angry with you as well. Hmm? It's true. Why do you sit so close to him? Why are you here? And I view everything through bitterness. Everything that's, but the person with the problem is me. Change starts on the inside, not on the outside. If you're focusing on the outside, I'll be saying, yes, let him come to me and say sorry. Then I'll be friendly to him. What am I saying? I'm saying, I'm going to allow outward situations determine what goes on on the inside of me. But change does not come from the outside. Change comes from the inside. So you make that decision to change. Amen?
Family, listen to me. The Bible teaches us in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God has come to give us life and life in abundance. So if there's killing, stealing, and destroying in your life, it's not God, it's the devil. So if there's killing, stealing, and destroying in this relationship, it's not him that's the enemy, it's the devil. It's not God, it's the devil. So you can make a decision to change. Amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you say, today I'm changing. Romans 8 verse 34. So the source of killing, stealing, and destroying, the source of condemnation is the devil. Romans 8 verse 34. Who then is left to condemn us? Who can condemn you? Who is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave us his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and is now risen, exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? God is not going to condemn you. God is the one praying for you. He's more committed to your future than what you are. Who could ever separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. For nothing in the universe has the power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures, and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers, and death threats? No, they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Until you experience Jesus, there will be dissatisfaction in your life. If you experience Jesus, wherever you find yourself, you'll be able to bless him. Whether you find yourself in the pit or whether in the palace, you'll say, Jesus, I love you. You'll say, God is good. Why? Because God shows us the good future. When you know God is busy forming himself on the inside of you so that you can start to walk in perfection, I mean so that you can start to walk like Jesus, then whatever you are facing will not cause despair in your heart. You'll be able to say like the disciples, we counted all joy when we fall into various trials. Why? Because they know that very thing cannot break them. But God has dealt with that thing. It's a mere stopping interval in your life. Allow God to use that thing to change you so that the best in you will come out. Amen? Amen. Family, when you know God is busy creating and forming his character on the inside. When offense now comes, let me use this example again. When offense comes here, don't be tempted to act out of character. It's when we act out of character, there's trouble. When we say what we should not say, we act out of character, we cause trouble. Amen? Amen. Don't act out of character. Make a decision to be led by the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what to say or do in a situation, it's very easy. Loving God, loving people. 
What you're going to do now, is it going to help people to love God more? Is it going to help people to love Jesus more? I'm closing by reading a few scriptures quickly. Philippians 3 verse 20. But we are a colony of heaven on earth as we cling tightly to our life giver, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our humble bodies and transfigure us into the identical likeness of his glorified body. And using his matchless power to continually subdue everything to himself. If you say that you're a Christian, it means you have to become more and more like Jesus. The good news is, the same time and effort Jesus took in praying and discipling his own apostles. As much as he loved his own apostles, he loves you just as much. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus loves me just as much as all his apostles. If you know that he is praying for you just as much as he prayed for them, interceded for their success, just as much as he's doing for you, it will change something in your heart that you can start to walk with confidence. Amen? Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a masterpiece. God has made you the way that you are. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Amen. We are saved by grace through faith, not through our works. But after you are saved by His grace, He empowers you to do good works. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're not saved by good works. You're saved by grace, not by your good works. But once you are saved, He empowers you to do good works. You have to be busy with good works. Not evil, not mischief, not bad things. Amen? The Passion Translation says, We have become His poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny He has given each one of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the Anointed One, even before we were born. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. If you make a decision today to lay down those things that have defined you, Maybe you were a hothead and you make a decision today, I'm not going to be a hothead anymore. And you lay that down. Amen? I can name many things. You know the thing that has defined you. The thing that's been condemning your heart. Jesus is saying, lay it down. It's in your past. It's not part of who you are. You've been linked up with God. Amen? That's why the Bible says, if a person was used to stealing, let him stop stealing. That's not who you are. Killing, stealing, and destroying was part of your nature when you were linked up to the devil. Now you are linked up with God. Amen? Some of you were in friendships that broke up that you thought, well, why, Lord? Those friendships would have not been able to help you to reach your destiny. 
I was a young man in my 20s and became friends with somebody. And we really clicked on a lot of levels. And the one day when I was praying, God said to me, where you are going and where this person is going, you'll not be able to walk together. And I broke the friendship. But there's certain people where God has said to me, do you see this person? It's a key destiny relationship. Protect it. And only 30 years later, it made sense. When you are led by the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you, get away from this friendship. Get away from this business partner. Sometimes we want to reason things out. But this is such a good businessman. Let me give you some good advice. There's no such thing as nice business people. The one day a friend of mine, I, I met up with somebody and I said to him, I phoned him, I said, I'm so grateful that you've introduced me to this businessman. He's such a nice businessman. He said to me, let me just help you write. There's no such thing as a nice businessman. They are good business people, but they are not nice businessmen. If you don't have the nature of Christ, you can be the nicest and the friendliest. But the thing that rules your heart is the thing that will become your nature. That's why God says, I'm looking for those who worship me in spirit and in truth. Those that have become like me. Those that will exalt my father. Those that will glorify the name of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16. Let me say this. It's your decision to stay true to Jesus. It's your decision to stay. He never leaves. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. This is why we don't give up. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16. So no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. The Bible teaches in Colossians 3 verse 10 that we have acquired a new life. You're a new creation. And that Jesus on the inside, what people should start to see more and more is Jesus on the inside of us. Not your personality. Not who you are, but Christ being formed on the inside of us. If you allow Christ to change you, your life will be successful. Because you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. He'll take you from glory to glory and from strength to strength. As you make a decision to allow him in your life, your life will never be the same. This is why we even have communion. Remember Jesus spoke to Paul and he said, take this is my body. Broke it. Ate the body, drank the cup. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Of what? My death upon the cross. Remind them that I died in their place. There's no reason for condemnation. If you know that Christ is perfecting everything concerning you, that's why the Bible says, no wonder you don't become despondent. No wonder you stay happy. 
No wonder you continue to say thank you, Jesus. Because you know what Christ has done and what Christ has promised and that he will see it through. Amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, get ready for change. Tell them whether you want to change or not. I'm going to change. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help me to be more like Jesus. As Christ has forgiven me, I'm going to forgive all those that have hurt me. I'm changing today. I'm not living under guilt and condemnation. I'm linked up with God. Defeat and failure are things of the past. I'm walking in success. I'm walking with the Lord. I'm going to glorify His name. By faith, I'm receiving that change so that my future can change. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.